friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Kolb. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to identify those issues that affect credit unions and talk about all the best practices that exist to learn from one another and really improve our industry. My guest on today's show is Bo McDonald. He's the president and CEO at both Your Marketing Co. and Uncommon. Bo, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me again. Again. Well, you were on the show last year, episode 39. I'm so excited to have you back. We chatted quite a bit back then about Your Marketing Co., the work that you all have done, and the really meaningful uh, options that you offer the industry in terms of strategic planning and branding and marketing for credit unions especially those credit unions that really want that innovation and relevancy and growth. But today we're taking a different path and we're going to deep dive into all things Uncommon. So you're wearing a couple different hats here. (laughs) And Uncommon is all things website and online presence. But first, for the sake of our audience, can you tell us about Uncommon? What's, What's your elevator pitch? Sure. I'll I'll give you the pitch and I'll give you a little bit of the background on on why I started it because I think that really plays into why we're here today. I like to say we're the preferred web development company for credit unions looking to control their online presence. And and a big piece of that is also providing a delightful experience. I I go back, let's see, your marketing company turned 15 this year. Uncommon is just past five years. And those first 10 years that that we were doing marketing for our, our credit union clients on the your marketing company side, we had to work with other website vendors. We didn't offer websites at that time. And I was always getting frustrated by the amount that I would see credit unions pay and, and the lack of, the lack of service, the, the disrespect I would see, you know, uh, I think the last straw for me, it was February-ish uh, years ago. And we had to email a, a website company and say, can you put a boom bar up? Cause we, the client couldn't control their website. We couldn't control their website. It was going to snow the next day. It was a credit union up in the Northeast. We said, we just need a boom bar up that says the branch is going to be closed. They said, you'll need to submit a ticket. It'll take up to 72 hours for that to happen. Wow. And my mind was just blown that such a simple task and such an important task. If it wasn't just snow, if, if something had actually happened to the credit union, we had to notify members immediately something was going on. There was very tone deaf to, to the industry and, and some of the needs. And that was the last straw. That's where Uncommon was for. And I, I said, damn it, we're going to do better than this. We can do it better, faster, cheaper, and, and give better service. And uh, that's where Uncommon started those many years ago. That is incredible. I love I love hearing the story. I love what you all offer the industry. I think it's such a different approach that we don't see a lot. And you first started your marketing co, you mentioned over a decade ago, and found so much success, so much growth and impact for your credit union clients. Many people would stop there. And just the, the thought process you mentioned, you know, not being satisfied with the options for credit unions out there. What drove you to say, not, not like, I'm going to go find a better vendor? You were like, I'm going to build the better vendor. Why, why did you do that? Or what drove you to do that? It was, you know, it was really that, that day in, in February that we had to deal with that, that one website. That was the last straw. But you know, really for those, those 10 years, we were, we were just seeing the, the poor service, the long lead times. And then when we started digging into the technology side of it, which I wasn't familiar with at that point, I was on the marketing side, not necessarily on the website side. But the more we started looking at companies that offer like Squarespace and proprietary backends that no one else knows how to use except that, that website company and, and the, 
companies that offer Squarespace, it's done so poorly that if the credit union wants to leave that particular vendor, they're, they're tied to them, not only by, by the technology, but by the contract. And uh, I was going to say the F word, but they may be a sponsor on the podcast. <laughs> so I, I won't say it, but the, we look at companies in the credit union industry that, that are really tone deaf to serving the credit unions. Well, we have to run a business. We have to be profitable, but I, I truly believe that, that doing so in a way that creates a good experience for our client is really important. And if you look back in history, you know, so many people start a business just to make money. They think, what, what business can I start? Maybe I'll buy a franchise. Maybe I'll do this. This was one of those accidental success stories that we just saw a problem. And said, I think we can do this better. I think we can serve the clients well. I think we can save them some money. Let's do it. And you know, five years later, we're we're still here doing that same thing. I love the the accidental success story. And for those listening, there is also the Accidental Leader podcast that Bo has. So I'll give that a shout out here. And we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. If you want to hear more of Bo's story and some of the folks that he has been talking to. And I know, you know... When we think about consumers, more of them than ever before are using those digital platforms. And so when you talk about, you know, the the experience that you might have on a Squarespace being kind of limited in terms of the credit and wanting to really evolve that, I've heard you tell your clients that the website is ultimately one of their branches. Can you tell me more about that? It really is. You know, if you think about where the consumer journey starts today compared to where it did 15 years ago. Today, it's probably an online search. Someone is frustrated with their current financial institution. They want to buy a car. They're thinking about buying their first home. The, the tendency now is go, go search, find that company that, that you want to do business with online. And, and to me, that's your, your branch. I think a lot of folks look at their website as a, as a technological brochure. Let's just. Take what we have in our brochure, we'll list our products and services and be done with it. That's a very expensive online brochure, but it's a very inexpensive branch experience if you consider it that way. If you think about what you'd spend on a branch to do business, you're looking at at least a million dollars upwards from there, depending on the size of the branch, the size of the financial institution. Instead of spending millions, if you can spend you know, on the low end, $15,000, anywhere up to $100,000 for a, a really, you know, all the bells and whistles, uh, all the integrations. That's a, a very inexpensive way to do business compared to brick and mortar. It, I won't get into the, the conversation of is brick and mortar dead? It's probably for another podcast. But I, I think treating your website like a, a branch and, and thinking about how can we interact with members how can we serve our members how can we how can we reduce the friction that they experience in doing business with us and what partners can we find to integrate into this website to to help make the the member experience much more pleasant I think that's so important, especially when we think about you know younger consumers not wanting to have to go into a branch unless you know something is wrong or you know if absolutely necessary. And so being able to think of a website or reframe it as credit unions as one of our branches, which is really how our members are experiencing it, is, is so critical. It's a beautiful marriage because you look at the, the the fintechs and it's all online. There's no brick and mortar. And, and that seems like the convenient thing to do from all the research we found that that's what people want until something goes wrong. And I think that's where you can marry that, 
that network of we have the technology. If you need us, we're here. And I think that's one of the advantages. We don't play up enough in the industry to to make a case for ourselves against some of the fintechs that we compete with. That is so true. I know I, as a consumer, never want to go <laughs> into the location. If I can have things just seamlessly happen from my phone or an app or something, that that is how I prefer to interact. And I think it's increasingly, we see these high expectations that consumers really have for their digital experiences, especially the digital native generations, that first impression really matters. What would you say are maybe the most important areas that credit unions need to make a really strong and positive first impression? I think there's three. The one thing to keep in mind, the, all of the research shows that it takes less than a second for someone to form an opinion about your brand, wow. about your credit union from what they see online. You've got one second to do that. If, if it looks outdated, if it looks like a horrible experience, you've almost lost that person immediately. And, you know, if I had to narrow it down to, to some of the three that I was taught through with our clients, one is security. If your website hasn't been updated in several years, that could be a big problem. The, the first thing, if, if someone goes to your website and they get that not secure warning in the URL address bar, are you going to trust them with your money? Are, are you going to trust them at all? If their website isn't secure, that says a lot. So I always look for security and, and outdated websites. That's not something that's always top of mind. So if your website hasn't been looked at in the last few years, that's certainly something that, that should be addressed that could be keeping new members and new opportunities from coming to your credit union. The second is how long does it take to load? We have one credit union we work with that when we started working with them on the marketing side, it's taking their website about seven seconds to load. Wow. So if you can imagine, Lauren, you're sitting there on your phone, you want something, you, you want it now, you expect most websites load almost instantly. It's taking seven seconds. That's almost an eternity. You've probably clicked out of that before the content has even come up. In fact, Google found 53% of mobile users, if it takes three seconds or anything past that, you're pretty much done. Even a one-second delay in load times reduces page views by 11%, conversions by 7%. The conversion is you got someone to your site somehow through paid advertising, social media, and you want to convert them into uh, into clicking on your loan application or taking that next step. That can be reduced. And, and the most recent data, 79% of consumers who experience the slow load times they're never going to visit the site again. Wow. So if you're spending money to get people to your website through, through paid search, paid social, you're spending money on your website. If that load time, if it's not great, you've lost that person forever. They, they have that image of your brand of being behind, not secure, too slow, pain in the butt. They're not coming back. And then, then the third one we always look at is quality of the website content. It's probably one of the most important ways to establish the credibility of of your credit union for someone coming there for the first time. But when it comes to first impressions, the content that matters is the content on your homepage. Someone coming there for the first time, they may go to a loan page, they may go to another landing page. But if someone's just coming to check out your credit union, they've heard about you from a friend, they're, they're going directly to the site. What does that front page say? Now, I know what's old is new again. People are wearing bell bottoms. 70s rock is back in style. <laughs> websites that have music on it and the little thing that trails the mouse that hasn't come back yet then we also look at what kind of content you're putting on there is it just a a picture of your city people are going to call that out i know one instance a city here in south carolina a different company did 
did the website for two competing credit unions. They used the same image on it. It looks like the same website. And it just blew my mind that something like that would be okay. And that's, that's wow. one of the things that frustrates me, just putting some care into establishing your brand and, and creating a website for your credit union, not, not a template from 20 others. That is so important. I can't even imagine, you know, the little nuances that go into consumer behavior and consumer decision making that seems so minor to us as credit unions and they have such an outsized impact. And on the flip side, maybe they're relatively easy to correct if you're working with the right vendor. And so I'd also love to hear from you about the best practices that credit unions really need to keep in mind for for building their website. So technically speaking, when credit unions are working with a partner to build their site out, what should they keep in mind? You, you share those three things that are so key for that first impression. Anything else you, you think they should really consider? Yeah, the, certainly the due diligence process is really important. Make sure you're interviewing and asking the right questions. We have a document that we provide anyone who comes to us, we say, make sure you're asking these questions. These aren't pointed towards making us look like the good guy. These are basic things that, you know, if it's a credit union CEO coming to us, they're not a website expert. I wouldn't expect them to know the right questions to ask. So there's a list, there's a good dozen questions that you should be asking and making sure that that the boxes are checked. I see a ton of complaints around the basics, missed deadlines, slow responsiveness, just plain feeling unimportant. That's one of the things that I would expect. You know, do some due diligence. Just don't look at the Google reviews. I know some website companies pay their clients very dearly, if, even if they have a poor experience, to go post good things online about them. Go talk to those clients. If you see someone with a, a website from that company, ask about the experience, what you might be getting yourself into. And in the onboarding process, I, I think is the most important thing as well. We do, uh, it can last anywhere from an hour to, to someone who's got their act together to a half a day, really getting to know the credit union, understanding their community, who their ideal member is, what they're looking for in a site, what frustrates them about their current site. So that onboarding experience, really taking the time, spending a lot of time up front to get to know that credit union to me is so important. So you're not just you know, throwing a picture of, of the city on there or a landmark in that city, you really get to understand that ideal member and, and feel their passion. You can create something that's going to connect with them. Well, you've shared so much about, you know, what what not to do with credit unions or not working with a partner, what maybe a bad experience could be like. What do you think a credit union should expect when they're working with Uncommon? What is your process like? To me, it starts with that onboarding, really getting to know the client. I think another big piece that I've, I've kind of exhausted that, but the understanding the process. Mm. Once we have that initial meeting, we really build out the timelines and say, you can expect your website to launch on this day, 90 days out, 120 days out. But we're so specific with the process. We can promise that if the client lives up to their end of the bargain too. So part of that process is saying, we're going to have a draft to you by this date. We've got to have it approved or have edits by this date. Otherwise, we're going to have to push that launch out. So everyone is, you know, the, the expectations are met. You've got your website in 120 days. If you can meet these deadlines, if not, here's how, how far out it's got to push. So there's no surprises. There's no frustration with this is taking forever. There's missed deadlines. You know, we, we hold ourselves accountable. We hold our clients accountable too. We try to make it easy for them to get their homework done. Um, but I think it's that, that launch process too. How do you communicate that to your members? 
you know, so often I've seen websites launch and the credit union starts getting a bunch of phone calls. Have you been hacked? This website doesn't look like your website. And a lot of website vendors just launch it and, and be done with it. That communication to the members is so important to make sure one, they know that that is the credit union website. The new one is coming. The new one is here, but also where to find stuff. How, how can you, you know, gamify the process to get members to go look around that website and launch it where they want to go look at things. They find things unexpectedly that they would have never have seen before. There, there's just everything from start to finish, just being thoughtful about the process, communicating, over communicating to both the client and, and the members so that, you know, we can deliver our promise and make it a delightful experience. I love that. I, I love the process you all work with credit unions on. And I think even providing that list of questions that they should be asking their partners is so valuable. All the education that Uncommon provides the industry in terms of being able to really be on par with what we're seeing from fintechs. It's so critical. As the world around us is changing so rapidly, I'm curious too, what's on the roadmap for Uncommon? Are there, are there new things you're working on for the future that you can share? You know, I, I wish I could answer that. Things change, you know, in the, the digital marketing world, the online world, it's changing so fast. And, you know, for us to say, I think we're going to do this in 12 months. If it takes us 12 months to launch that, we're probably going to be behind already. I mean, it's one of the things we're constantly looking at is our technology up to par. You know, you look at 10 years ago, if you said you're building a, a website on WordPress, you got a lot of questions about that. Today's one of the most widely accepted platforms out there versus Squarespace, which is, you know, limited functionality. Customization just is not there. Poor usability. It's the three things I always hear about, about Squarespace versus WordPress. One of the things I like about that, I don't like to tie people to us. So in using WordPress, there's a lot of WordPress experts out there. So if, if a client comes to hate us, they can find 20 other people to work on that website. They, they never have to speak to us again. But on, on the technology side, it's that WordPress versus Squarespace also looking at the integrations to the website. If we're calling it an online branch, more than just a brochure, what are some of the other fintechs that we can partner with and bring into our space and offer to our clients and say, can, can we solve this problem for you? And other partners uh, within, the, within the industry, Cornerstone Advisors is one of them that... I'm always talking to, to John Deering over there saying, what, what cool stuff are you guys working on? Who are you working with? Because it may be someone that we want to know about that we can take to our credit unions that they may have never heard of. We can say, we can solve this problem on your website. Let's partner with these guys over here and, and integrate that in. So what's, what is next for Uncommon? Really, it's constantly keeping up with who are the new players who are the folks that we need to know that we need to introduce to our clients that have stuff that's going to make that website more than just an online brochure? I love that. Well, and I think it gives so much room for, you know, to your point, as, as the realm of what is even possible for our websites evolves, I think there's so much that you can really pivot to in real time. And working with a partner like Uncommon can really allow credit unions to take advantage of that as, as they come up. As we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you better. But we did the rapid fire questions and answers last time. We switched them up for you this time. So it's new questions. They're going to be rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So if you're ready, we will get started. This is always the fun part. I'm ready. It is. All right. Who's someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them great? 
you gave a shameless plug for my other podcast, The Accidental Leader. Yes. I'm going to go back to episode number one and episode number two. My answer is there, there were two Johns in my life. And I think about the, the very first one, John Davison. He was my very first boss, my first leader. It was my first radio job. I was still in high school at the time. And, you know, when it's your first job, you don't necessarily know what you have. You have nothing to compare it to. And as I look back for some of the leaders that I worked with, I was so thankful that, that John Davison was that leader that was so great. That was the first experience I had. He was, he, I can look back and, and think about how he communicated, how he led, how he gave feedback, how he had tough conversations. And, and whenever I'm in one of those situations where I'm, I'm having to have a tough conversation or make a decision or communicate, I always go back and think, what would John do? How can I be my best self for my team now and, and go back and, and pull from those archives to, to kind of mirror what he did? Amazing. I love that. Well, we will link to those episodes here in the show notes. So anyone who wants to learn more or hear that story can go check out the Accidental Leader podcast episodes. All right, Bo, if you're going to splurge on something, you want to treat yourself, what is something you might invest just a little bit in? Just a little bit or all in? Because those are two very different things. It's going to be an experience. It's either going to be food, going to a really cool restaurant that that is unique, or the, the chef treats the the food as, as an art, or a concert. I love live music. If, if I'm going to go to a concert, my I don't want to sit in nosebleed. I, I want to be right up front, and I want to see it, and I want to experience it. So I may not go to as many concerts as I used to, but it's because I, I love to splurge, and instead of going to 20 of them, Let's go to five and have a really cool experience there that that you're not going to forget for the next 20 years. I love that experience. It's a great thing to splurge on. All right. Random question for you. If you travel for work, what city are you most excited to visit, whether it's a client visit or going to a conference? I'm going to break the rules and I'm not going to give you a city. Mm, okay. I'm going to give you two states. It's, it's a toss-up between Wyoming and New Mexico. Okay. I would say... I could never live there because I'm spoiled by the weather we have here in South Carolina. But those are two beautiful states that I enjoy traveling to. My clients there are awesome, but the they appreciate their communities, their landscapes, what makes those two states unique. And whenever we go there, it usually involves a hike somewhere out to the mountains or a state park or going to experience local food. Uh, so whenever... I get a call from a, a client in Wyoming or New Mexico and I say, can you come out and visit? Can you come do strategic planning? Feed me well and give me an experience. I will be there. I love that. All right. Well, anybody out there in Wyoming and New Mexico, we will uh, <laughs> we'll have to ask you for the good hiking spots. All right. We're going to link to uh, everything we talked about in the show notes. I have one more rapid fire question for you. And that is what has been your your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and your life life? Boundaries and perspective. Mm-hmm. The more I've learned that, that healthy boundaries are are good, I think the more joy I've found in life in terms of time and, and being able to say no to some things so I can say yes to other things and truly enjoy them. And and the perspective to be able to make those decisions. Those, are, those have been two huge things that have really brought me joy over the last few years. 
Wise words. Well, Belle, before we wrap up, any final thoughts that you would like to share or final ask for our listeners today? You know, I'm, I'm going to give the same advice that I always give my team when I'm signing off on my Friday emails. Make good choices. <laughs> what a perfect way to wrap up the show. Like we said, we're going to link to everything that we talked about today in the show notes. So anyone who's interested in learning more can uh, go right there and click on any of those links. And we'll also link to contact information for Bo and his team at Uncommon. Bo, thanks so much for joining today for your second appearance on the CU Insight Network podcast. I hope you stay well. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. We'll be back again next time. 